Hello, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia Hazler, the Executive Director. Here with me today, Rose Red. Hello, everyone. Artemis. And Andrew, hello. And our incredibly wonderful special guest, the one, the only, the fabulous, Rachel Pollock. Yay! Yay. Yay. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, everybody. Thank you. So, I'm so delighted that you are able to have some time for us today. It really means a lot to us. Oh, it's a lot to me too. Oh, I'm glad. Yay! So um, I, I recently had the pleasure of seeing you in London, actually at the UK Tarot Conference. Mm -hmm. And that was a fabulous experience, at least for me. <laughs> oh, me too. It was, good. it was a good conference. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was, um, and, uh, it was a great deal of fun, and, and, and I loved your class. It's just, um, it, it's, uh, you, people can check the blog at Tarot Pathways about the whole detailed write-up of the class, but um, Rachel did her wonderful um, Create Your Alternative Tarot Reader Persona. Mm. Um, it's a great deal of fun. It's a wonderful exercise, and I really recommend trying it. If, if, even if you can't take a class with Rachel, just kind of running through it with yourself and a friend or another reader or something and seeing what that does for you, because it, it really gives you a different approach to reading. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, Rachel, you have a lot going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Been a rather busy woman lately, and um, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. Where would you like to start? Which which of your? Well, um, I have some couple of books that have come out, and another one coming out. Mm -hmm. So it's been this one of these sort of convergence periods. Mm -hmm. uh, which you work on things at different paces, and somehow the publishers all put them out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so the first is. Um, my BTT, my Big Tarot Tome, <laughs> a book called Tarot Wisdom, mm -hmm. published by Llewellyn, and that's, that's quite a major book for me. Um, it's really like the follow-up to 78 Degrees of Wisdom, which was published in 1980 and 1983 in two parts. Mm -hmm. And um, Tarot Wisdom is sort of, you know, kind of what I've learned in the, in the 30 years since then. Mm -hmm. It goes very deeply, card by card, as 78 Degrees of Wisdom did. Mm -hmm. Really attempts to look at the spiritual meanings, the historical meanings, to make bridges between the different um, historical understandings of the cards to the mm -hmm. present. It's really good, goes fairly wide ranging in mythology and um, different wisdom traditions and teachings of different cultures. And so I'm very happy with that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, um, I actually um, picked it up. <laughs> I, I pre-ordered it through my local bookstore, Fields, um, huh? before it was actually available. So the minute it became available, it became mine, which made me very happy. Um, Good. And um, I've, I've really enjoyed reading it, particularly since last summer I just got this idea. It's like, wow, I'll reread 78 Degrees of Wisdom, because you know, oh. I read it. I don't know, when, you know, a million years ago when it came out. So it's like, oh, we read this. Wow, this is really good. And then so having very recently read that and then reading Tarot Wisdom, it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Oh, great. Um, just, just, just sort of building on 78 Degrees. And so I really recommend if people haven't read 78 Degrees of Wisdom or if it's been a while since they picked it up, reading that and then picking up Tarot Wisdom, and it will give you, I think, an even deeper appreciation for what you've shared with us in Tarot Wisdom. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting approach to doing that. Yeah, it, it wasn't intentional on my part. It just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Just yes, the Wella, both of these books that have come out are just gorgeous. The Wella did a beautiful job. Mm -hmm. It's graphically really interesting and exciting. Um, in fact, they did such a beautiful job designing the cover. They used the same design as their general publicity design for mm -hmm. their uh, monthly, you know, uh, magazine. Mm -hmm. Right, they did. I remember the cover for that. Yeah. And so, so that book has come out. That book came out in November, mm -hmm. and then 
in December, um, a book called The Tarot of Perfection, mm-hmm. which um, is actually a book of fairy tales and adult fables. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, uh, some of them are very fairy tale like others are quite dark. Mm-hmm. There's eight stories. Half of them are set in the, in the kind of vague fairy tale world. It's not specific. And half of them really are set in modern-day America, mm-hmm. um, but a kind of fantastic version of modern-day America, as my fiction often is. <laughs> Which is one of the things that makes it really, really wonderful to read. So like an example, there's one story called Carolina in the Morning about this little girl um, whose father's soul is captured by the devil. Oh. And when she goes to rescue him, the devil keeps all the souls on a hard drive. <laughs> oh, I love it! And the devil is basically a fanatic collector in this story. Um, and so she sneaks into the house from the trucks of from the uh, UPS show up. <laughs> um, all, all these bought from eBay. <laughs> the devil's online all the time buying things from eBay. That makes so much oh, sense. Wow. <laughs> so basically, he just uh, he has all these souls, not because you know he wants he wants to buy anything, uh, just because he's a collector. They're part of his collection. <laughs> wow, the really dark side of eBay. <laughs> so this woman, so this is a, a minor character in the story who's been you know taken by the devil, and he sort of when he, when he presses uh, when he clicks on their name, a little like hologram of them come up to them. Oh, wow. Now, someone says, you know, why me? I didn't do anything. You know, I, I never hurt anybody. And the devil says, well, I needed someone like you to round up my collection. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So that's one of the modern day stories. Oh, that's the reason awesome. it's called Tarot of Perfection is because uh, that's the title of the first story, mm-hmm. uh-huh. which is one of the sort of, you know, vague fairy tale ancient world stories. Mm-hmm. It's about a sage who decides to... Um, he sort of comes across the tarot at a street fair by some poor gypsy woman. <laughs> he immediately decides that she, of course, doesn't know what a great thing this is, and he does. <laughs> and that he's now going to design the perfect tarot that won't be all muddled and confused like the one he's bought. <laughs> oh, I see. And so this completely controls his life from then on. And so the story charts his um, attempts to do this. Wow. And then what, what he discovers when he succeeds at the end of the story. Oh, God, that's... The actual, the power of perfection itself appears in at least two other stories. It's sort of hinted at in one or two others, but it it has a sort of significant role to play in the last two stories as well. Mm-hmm. So oh. that's, that's, what, that's that collection. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, wow, that's... And then um, <laughs> I just finished a poetry collection. Oh. And once again, there's a tarot link. The mm. uh, publisher of Midsummer Night's Press, um, the editor... Lauren Schimmel, his name is, he asked me to do a small collection of poems inspired by tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So um, I've done that. It's not all the major iconic, because it was a bit longer than we were planning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the cards are, the poems are a little bit long. Mm-hmm. But I've done about, um, well, I don't know, I guess it's about like eight or nine of the cards, mm-hmm. and then one or two other things. So. Mm-hmm. Great. And what's the title? And the title is Fortune's Lover. Oh. In um, a book of tarot poems. Wonderful. It's called a chapbook, which is a little book. Yes. Uh-huh. So it's about 40 pages, and it's actually a very small size, so you can flip it in your pocket easily. Oh, perfect. Cool. And when, when can we expect to... And that's actually going to be published in May, but I'll be getting copies actually in February. Oh. If you want to spend some time making sure it gets reviewed and things like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's oh. very exciting. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. And the other thing I'm doing... <laughs> in your copious spare time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to launch um, a year course oh. for people, which 
the concept of this is that um, they're actually, for those who do the entire year, mm -hmm. there will, in fact, be a kind of certificate or diploma at the end, um, which they can use in their lives the way they see fit, including, you know, setting themselves up as professional tower readers. Mm -hmm. But it's really not so much about learning a set of, you know, information or skills as it is to really learn to see the world in a different way, to see the world as a tower reader, to see the world as omens and as connected to tarot and as filled with mystery. So it's going to be very interactive. People will be expected to, you know, do things on their own and bring it back to the class. Mm -hmm. And we're doing it in um, six weeks, six sessions at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll be every two weeks. Um, so it'll be like a month and a half and another month and a half a bit later and so on until we have ended up with uh, 24 sessions, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is that going to be an actual... Yeah, I that right. Yeah. Is that an actual physical class somewhere near yeah. you? Yeah. It'll actually be in my house unless you have too many people. Oh. <laughs> um, and my house is in upstate New York. So uh -huh. People from this area can come and then... Uh, a group of people are coming up from New York City. Ah, oh, wonderful. We actually try to work out the schedule now, the best time for them, mm -hmm. what the best trains are. I bet it's not really so practical for yeah. us to, like, get there from San Francisco every week. Yeah. I mean, you consider, like, you know, someone suggested doing a, you know, a telecom kind of class. Uh-huh. Um, but we really feel it's important that people be together mm -hmm. physically. Mm-hmm in the room and be able to play with the cards and pass them around and things like that. And, and also it's just there's a different energy when you're actually with people. Yeah, exactly. Um, we were talking about this last month where, oh, on the um, Reader Studio uh, monthly teleconference, uh -huh. we were talking about the difference between you know online classes and phone classes and then actually being with people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, there's, there's a very different quality to the experience because you know, it's it's great to be able to do these fun conferences and online classes. Um, I I'm uh, a frequent, although not constant, attendee of the Wednesday morning teleconference, um, the study on the meditations on the tarot by Anonymous. Aha. And um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting because you know we we all get on and like say hi, and it's very early in the morning, um, at least for me, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> then you know we we read and discuss text in the book. And it's very interesting sharing this, and you know everybody involved is highly intelligent and fabulously well read. Um, so there's a lot of very interesting discussion, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but there's still a different quality to it than actually like sitting in the same room and like pointing out things on the page and you know having a lively debate, but civilized, um, and and doing it over the phone. I'm still glad we do this by phone because it's a great way to connect with these people and exchange the ideas. And I've learned so much just in the few months that I've been doing it. Exactly. Great. It's, it's been really interesting, and it's this whole um, different perspective on tarot than I, you know, that it's, I really, it's like, wow, it's, it's the, um, for those who aren't familiar with the book, it's um, a Christian hermetic approach to the tarot. And mm. you do not have to be Christian to appreciate some of the points that the author makes right. about, um, and, you know, we've been working on The Hanged Man for, since November, <laughs> which I think is appropriate that, you know, the other chapter, the, the other cards we've finished up in, you know, a couple weeks here and there, but The Hanged Man is just going and going mm -hmm. and going. <laughs> um, but it really is very different than sitting in somebody's living room or a classroom mm -hmm. and passing things around and just feeling each other's energy in a way that you can only do when you're in the same room together. I actually, I referred to that book at least a couple of times in Tarot Wisdom. Yeah, I was. I, was uh, I don't. I don't feel I'm an expert in it by any means. Mm -hmm. I have great respect for it. It's an amazing book, and mm -hmm. 
I love some of the points that he made here and there. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's interesting when his personal bias comes through because, you know, the, the tone completely changes. And it's like, okay, this isn't quite ringing true. This is very definitely your personal feelings on the topic, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just very interesting because it's kind of going along in this lofty, intellectual, mm -hmm. philosophical, and all of a sudden it's like, and the Bolsheviks are awful. It's like, whoa, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But um, it's, it's one of the things that I really enjoyed about reading Tarot Wisdom is that for um, the cards, you have images of that particular card from several different decks across several centuries, mm -hmm. which I think is a really interesting comparison because it's like, huh, so how did we get from that to this? Um, well, just, so I tried to, you know, I tried to not do what you were just saying that Anonymous did, mm -hmm. which is, you know, at least try to be aware that there are different points of view than mine on certain cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to give those their due, like the Hindman, for instance, mm -hmm. which is one of my absolute favorite cards, um, and very meaningful, I think. Mm -hmm. And I took, you know, I thought it was important to acknowledge there were all these people that saw it in a rather negative way, mm -hmm. as hung up, painful, sacrifice, and so on. Um, and so I, you know, I looked at those points of view, and I tried to give varying points of view. And, and certainly in the, you know, in doing the minor arcana cards in particular, I wanted to look at, you know, different ways in which people have approached numbers, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I look, for instance, at both the Kabbalistic approach to uh, 1 to 10 and the Pythagorean approach to 1 to 10. Mm -hmm. And they're not always reconcilable. No, no. And so you end up with having, in a certain sense, to make a choice about cards. Mm -hmm. And that can be difficult for some people. Some people want to be told, this means this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Um, and... In the 78 Degrees of Wisdom, I was using almost you know, entirely the writer deck. Mm -hmm. And so the minor arcana in particular with descriptions of the subtleties of the symbolism and the actions in the scenes is a kind of, um, kind of almost literary criticism. Mm -hmm. In saying, you know, like, in the five of cups, well, the person you know, looking at the three cups and standing there, but there's two cups behind, and he or she can pick them up and go across the bridge and stuff like that. And since then... You know, people have really taken that as what the card means. Right. Five of cups means person, you know, looking at three fallen cups, etc. You know, um, and of course, it's only one deck, mm -hmm. and it's various clones and offshoots. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, go be a, take a more basic approach in tarot wisdom and say, okay, well, you know, what are the different things that five can mean, mm -hmm. and what are the things that you know cups can mean, and how would that work out? Mm -hmm. um, one thing I did, I've done in classes which is a lot of fun, and they did this, um, I suggested people try this here and there in tarot wisdom, was to take a sheet of paper and say for the three of swords, and just draw three swords on a page, any way whatsoever, mm -hmm. not particularly thinking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Then you look at it and you say, okay, well, what is this saying? Mm -hmm. You know, if the swords are all in a row pointing up, you know, if there's two up, one down, if they're like, you know, if the points are meeting, converging, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of, what does that kind of symbolize? What is that suggesting to me? Right. And then what I'll do in class is I'll say, okay, now add some other object someplace in the picture, something that, you know, is very basic, like a house, a person, a bird. Mm -hmm. So they do that, and then I say, okay, now what does that say in connection with the sword? Mm -hmm. So you learn to, like, you know, get away from the automatic assumption that it means the, the card is what the writer deck shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was part of what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's really funny because um, sometimes you know 
people read for me, and, and that's a wonderful gift, and I really appreciate it. Um, but they'll, they'll be using a deck that isn't the writer, and they'll lay it out, and they'll start talking about a card, and it's like, well, you know, you know, here's the three of cups, but in the writer deck it looks like this. Yeah. It's like, well, but we're not using the writer deck. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you can say that. They'll, you know, they'll put down the three of cups in some deck that looks nothing like the writer deck, and they'll start talking about people dancing together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And celebrating as if it's the right of picture in front of them when it's not. Yeah, right. and, and it's, it's like, and, and you know, sometimes it's important to draw the contrast. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody has a negative reaction to a card, yeah. it's like, well, let me show you what it looks like in another deck. Yeah, that's right. And it may or may not be the writer deck. Um, but I find it interesting that you know, the writer's just this almost unconscious frame of reference mm-hmm. yeah. for so many people. And, you know, and, you know, it's like it happens to all of us. I'm oh, yeah. certainly not immune to that, so, but... Just you know, trying to be more aware of that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really liked in your write-ups of the cards is you give historical, um, your, your overview of the historical meanings, how a card starts out with one meaning, you know, back with um, Pertesi's Cardomancer in 1750, and then kind of going up. Um, I love the fact that you put in weight as Grand Orient and then weight as weight. Well, this, this is a fact I got from Paul Eusen's book, um, Mystical Origins of the Tarot, which is a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. But it was so enlightening to look at that material and to see, um, you know, how the meanings have changed mm-hmm. uh, over a couple hundred years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, or like, I'm like 100, oh, 150? No, no. Yeah, 250 years. Yeah. From 1750 to 1910. Mm-hmm. Um, see how good I am with it. Mm-hmm. No, 150. 150 years. Okay, now we've determined that we can go on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what I was going to say is that... Um, so, you know, and one of the things was that when Waite wrote under the pseudonym Grand Orient, he actually was, you know, going more into the mystical meanings. Mm-hmm. And then when he wrote under his own name, he did that in his description mm-hmm. part, in pictorial key. But his divinatory meanings were very much in the fortune-telling tradition and often would contradict somewhat mm-hmm. um, descriptions. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite points is a couple of times he would um, quote... Um, a wise person, and a wise person was Grand Orient himself. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> typically wait, you know. If you quote anybody, you know, as a wise teacher, it's himself. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hmm, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's also really interesting seeing how the meanings influence, influence each other, because um, you've got Mather's Golden Dawn, wait as Grand Orient, and then wait. And it's like, um, and the one thing I really loved is the, the consistency throughout the Golden Dawn meetings are always the ones with the most, you know, highfalutin, fancy stuff. It's like, ah, ceremonial magicians. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, Temperance is daughter of the reconcilers, the bringer forth of life. I like that. It's happy. It's fun. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, that, that kind of gives you this whole different perspective than just temperance. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what, what is the daughter of the reconciler? What are, who are the reconcilers? Do I know these people? Do they live next door? Um, but <laughs> what are they taking their coffee? Yeah, exactly. If you get a bit of the daughter of the reconciler, you get this sort of like this teenage kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whose parents are always trying to bring everyone together to be nice. Mm hmm. And she like deliberately like you know throws coffee in somebody's face, you know. Yeah, exactly. and, or, you know, like just <laughs> yeah, you know, Justice's daughter of the Lord of Truth. Like, oh, gosh, yeah. Wow, that's that's a that's a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that like being a, is, is that like bringing you know the the preacher's kid where you know yeah, you can never right. misbehave because you're the preacher's kid and you're supposed to be perfect. Which is why they run around in the red boots and yeah yeah and uh, <laughs> motorcycles. 
you know, I, I teach writing um, at uh, Goddard College in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, of course, you do when you're teaching writing is have what's called prompts, things that will get people writing. Mm -hmm. And those would actually be fun prompts to you, some of those golden dog titles. Oh, I bet. Mm -hmm. Like a character, you know, who's the daughter of the reconcilers, who's the daughter of the Lord of Truth. And, uh -huh. You know, who would that person be? What would her life be like? Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a note of that because I think that'll be a really fun thing to do next semester. Oh yeah, because it's it's because um, because it really is the sort of grand majestic sort of thing, and then you know weight comes along with something you know much more practical. Um, one of my favorite things about temperance is um, perhaps the priest who will marry the person, and I'm like, is that See, that's kind of fortune telling traditionally he was yeah. following? But yeah, and I'm like, okay, is that the priest who will conduct the ceremony, or this person's going to marry a priest? Just wonder. I should have waited with first. Yeah, it just depends. It's like, um, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, this is the person who married us, and it's like, yeah. did they marry both of you, or did they conduct the ceremony? <laughs> you know, th this is the problem. You know, an English major, I overthink it. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. so what are the semantics here? I'm always noticing those kind of things. Noticing where a comma is missing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it changes. Oh yeah, yes. Um, but um, but yeah, but I just I love 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 this book, and I've spent a great deal of time with it since it arrived. Wonderful. And yeah. um, just all the fun, fun, fun things because you've got like um, a section um, on the miners, and you've got like um, the the section on the rider themes. I think is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And you're just putting all that together, and and you know comparing all the riders, you know the aces, twos, on etc. on through. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, this is something that, you know, all tar tarot teachers will tell you is lay out all the fours or all the fives or whatever. It's so interesting to do. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, so if, you just get, if you free your mind mm -hmm. from what you think it should be, mm -hmm. and you actually compare the pictures of the rider deck, so my favorite example is the sixes. Mm -hmm. Which, when you look at them, it turns out they're all unequal relationships. Mm -hmm. Huh. Mm. Um, one person in a superior position to at least one other person. You're right. Which is very remarkable. Yeah. Um, and a teacher in New York, Ellen Goldberg, <laughs> takes a very generous view of this, literally, because she says it's about generosity. Uh-huh. It's about, it's, you know, Tiferet, which is uh, the sixth sephir on the tree of life and mm -hmm. beauty. So she says it's like, you know, sharing things. The mm -hmm. person is in a position to be generous and to give something. Mm-hmm. Um, you could look at that. You know, you could, like, the six of wands is giving inspiration, the six of cups is giving a flower, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also can note that, as I said, you know, the person who's giving is in a superior position. That's right. true. Yeah, and then, so it's like, well, are they giving out of a generosity of spirit? Or are they giving uh, to create an obligation? Yeah. You know, because uh, unfortunately some people give because they want to give and other people give because they want you to be beholden. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I just had this realization. I'm going to have to use this in a reading. <laughs> Another interesting approach that I... Uh, Took was um, Mark Messino, who writes about um, the suits. Each suit is having a particular um, medieval virtue, mm -hmm. and then using the writer deck because of the pictures to decide if uh, each card is a um, is a triumph for that virtue or a challenge to that virtue. I'm not sure I'm, these are her terms; these are my terms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he um, did that in a class and then in the book, and it's really interesting. So, for instance, you see in the Six of Pentacles. There's a couple of bags with the knees, and there's this man with, with a money bag, obviously, mm -hmm. and he's giving coins to one of the beggars. Mm -hmm. So your first thought was, well, this, you know, is certainly the triumph of charity, because the, the picture is about charity. Mm -hmm. But then you start thinking, you say, well, you know, if they had to get on their knees, 
to ask him, and carefully measuring out coin by coin, how much he's giving them, maybe it's not the triumph of charity. Yeah. Maybe it's charity receiving its biggest test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, could somebody get past his, you know, sort of caution or holding back and just, you know, give people openly without making them go on their knees first? Yeah. It's, uh... You can answer a lot of areas like that. That's mm-hmm. really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, I was I've spent a lot of time with this book because it's like, well, you can just read this many, many, many times, much like Seventy Eight Degrees, um, and it's and it's great because I own most of these decks, uh-huh. so I can actually pull out the cards and have them before me as I'm reading that particular card section. Um, well, the class is that with the, you know this book comes out of the series of classes called Tarot Intensive, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and for those we would have like around twenty different decks. Wow. You know, or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as it went on, we started using more and more decks all the time. <laughs> and, um, so my friend Zoe was actually sort of setting these classes up, and she was kind of running them a bit. And so she would set up this board, which, you know, like all these cards all over them. It was very fun. Oh, wow. And we'd look at some, but we were a little bit limited for the book. Um, first of all, well, we needed to use decks that could get access to without, you know, a lot of problems. Right. You know, different publishers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, of course, it's just space limitations and how many texts you can use. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, otherwise this would be, you know, the size of the Oxford English Dictionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were quite lucky, of course, that Los Garabello, the Italian publisher who's linked with Llewellyn, mm-hmm. has done kind of, uh, you know, kind of reworkings of the classic text. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we didn't have to find out, you know, how to get permission for the original Visconti Sports Day, because Los Garabello was a pretty decent copy of it. Yeah. And the same with the Marseille and one or two others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's, it's um, and, and of course it features your own Shining Tribe deck, yeah. which mm-hmm. is wonderful. I um, actually did a uh, a party last night, and um, it was uh, for a woman's, uh, it was a landmark birthday, and it's her and a bunch of her friends, and they were all going to have readings, and it was going to be life-transforming, and it didn't quite go that way. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot of resistance, but, um, so I took all of my Femme Power decks. I took your Shining Tribe, and I took the Wheel of Change, and I took, um, Ellen Lorenzi Prince's Tarot the Crone. Great. And um, what was the other Femme Power deck I took? Um, 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 um. Ah, I'm blanking. Oh, God. I can't remember anything anymore. <laughs> um, but, um, and, and it was really interesting because, you know, it had the deck spread out and encouraged the women to look through and pick the deck that they felt most comfortable with. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, about half of them went for your deck. Oh, good. Oh, that's nice. So, um, and, and it was funny because... Um, the um, Eight of Rivers came up for one of the women, and she literally like, jumped back in her chair from the huh. table. Um, and, I, and I said, okay, well, let, let's talk about that, because it was kind of, you know, surprising. Yeah. And she said, because she was focusing on the center character, the, the, the red one with the green face. Okay. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. And she goes, it looks, she said, it looks like one of the monsters in the book I read to my toddler. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting! Wow. And she said, you know, she said I never expected to see that image anywhere else. That's very interesting. Yeah. And I thought, wow, okay. And uh, it's like, well, that's interesting. Um, and it's like, okay, so what kind of book for a toddler has this kind of character in it? Um, and so, you know, uh, but but it was really interesting. And I said, okay, aside from this association with children's literature, you know, we talked about the card and what it means. And she decided it wasn't a bad thing. She was just very surprised because it was so similar to this other thing she'd been reading. Wild. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was was a lot of fun. It was interesting. It was was different. (laughs) Uh 
<laughs> it was it was a strange night. Um, but I just, I, I like that a lot of the women, because I really wanted to focus, you know, because all these women are, you know, somewhere on the cusp of a landmark birthday, mm -hmm. if not already there. And so it's like, okay, this could really be an interesting, powerful, women's wisdom kind of evening. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, there was a little too much alcohol involved. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, really, it's a bad idea to get tanked before you get a tarot reading. Uh, yeah, if I can imagine. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. But I just, you know, I love this book, and I love the fact that inside the book they've continued the cover art inside in black and white. Yes, yes, lovely. yeah. Yes, yeah, so on 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 the page. The art each page. Yes. But it's just the, the words and, and illustrations. You know, and it's got a butterfly and a bird, and you know that really works yeah. for me as an air sign. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I, I love this book. Now I have to confess, I, I have not read Tarot of Perfection yet. Um, okay. it, it's I, I pre-ordered it, um, but then you know the holidays happened. Yeah. And then you know, well, and then I, I think they're good stories. Um, uh huh. And they're you know they're, they're quite different than the usual kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not really primarily that tarot because tarot professional appears. And, you know, every story has some aspect of divination. Though often it's talking heads. Mm -hmm. Yes. Heads on a stick. Mm -hmm. Um, the tarot profession does appear, but it's really fairy tales, and they're all you know, kind of mysterious, mm -hmm. different kinds of stories. And it was published, you know, by Magic Realist, who published um, Bohemian Gothic and all those great decks, the Tarot of Prague. Mm -hmm. oh. And so it's just a gorgeous, it's a magnificent job. Mm -hmm. The usual gorgeous illustrations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a beautifully produced little book. It's a really nice book. It's, you know, much smaller than Tarot Wisdom, so you can carry it around where you can. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, you know, Tarot Wisdom, somebody breaks into the house, I could, like, smack them on the head with it and <laughs> stun them. <laughs> um, Tarot Wisdom by Osmosis, is that? Yeah, there we go. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, um, um, what was I going to say? Oh. Okay, memory is the second thing to go. Imagine the mystery called The Wisdom Murders. <laughs> there you go. Ooh. By the hit in the head with copies of Tarot Wisdom. <laughs> oh. well, you know, pitch it to your publisher, see what they say. Yeah. I think it came to 504 pages. Wow. Yeah, it's, um, 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 well, you know, Llewellyn has that, that, mis that line of mysteries. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you, could talk, <laughs> yeah. maybe you could talk to them about it. You know? Actually, that would be, be kind of fun to do, sort of like, you know, a, a meta book in which Murder uh, <laughs> Weapon is a book by the same publisher. There you go. <laughs> or maybe that's a little too self-referential, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but, so uh, then you use a different one. You use, you know, some of the, the, the Doom Patrol books. There you go. Oh, it's um, or you know, you could create a book that doesn't really exist. Um, like I'm blanking on the guy's name, um, but he wrote *The King in Yellow*. And thank you. <laughs> Again, memory is the second thing to go. Um, but I, I love those because it's all these stories are about this book, *The King in Yellow*. Mm -hmm. But this book has never actually been written. Mm. But by the end, by, by the time you finish reading this collection of short stories about it, you're convinced this book is out there. And that you there's have a tradition of that, of course. You know, there's um. Jorge Luis Borges, the great Argentinian writer, mm -hmm. occasionally did this thing of like, you know, sort of reviews of non-existent books. Mm -hmm. uh, Samuel Lem, that was his name, Samuel Lem, something Lem, Stanislaw Lem in Poland did that. Mm -hmm. And then Neil Gaiman in The Sandman had the, the library of unwritten books. Right. right. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, just, um, but yeah, that would be kind of fun. Just a, 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 meta, a meta murder mystery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, Rachel, this has been fabulous, as always. Um, I love 
love spending time with you, even if it's just by phone, because we're 3,000 miles apart. Yes. Um, so any parting words that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, well, just to really um, see the cards in new ways all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, ask your cards different questions than the ones you usually ask and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then what's really fun is to get a card that seems to come in a position that's totally different than what you expect. Um, like in the card um, in the Shining Tribe that called the Speaker of Birds, mm-hmm. which shows a kind of uh, African figure in a kind of dance posture, legs out, like sort of sliding the arms straight out to the sides. I always think of that card as like embracing and welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I got it the other night and reading about being blocked on something. Mm. Um, and I realized you could also see that card as saying, like, you, you will not pass. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. To not come in here. And it was really fascinating to see that card in a very different way. Huh. Yeah. So that's what I just would just advise, you know, your listeners to just always open themselves up to new and different ways to use the cards and to see the card. Mm-hmm. I like that. Actually, Rose just pointed something out to me. Um, Reader Studio is coming up in May. Are that's you... True. Will you be there? Hmm? I'll be one of the speakers. Oh, oh, right. Never mind. God. Okay. I really need to get more sleep, clearly. <laughs> yes, you're one of the speakers, along with Geraldine Amaral and James Wallace. I know this, because um, I've been, you know, oh, okay, yes, yeah, never, oh. That would be great. I most likely will be doing that uh, fortune teller exercise. Oh, good, oh, good, good, good. So see, yeah. if you haven't registered for the Reader Studio, you have another reason to now. Call it uh, Dr. Apollo's School of the Cheap Theatrical Fortune <laughs> <laughs> But it is such a fun exercise. And yeah. I just have the. I've. Because I've, I've, um, I did it once uh, many years ago um, when you did it at uh, San Francisco uh, Bay Area Tarot Symposium. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we did a. We had the tarot salon the next day and uh-huh. did it there. And actually, um, Dan Peltier was my partner for the exercise, uh-huh. um, which was just weird and gothic and twisted and great, great fun. Uh, we kind of like fed off of each other and came up with this just out, completely outrageous stuff. Do you remember the name of your fortune teller persona? Um, that particular time, um, I was uh, Mademoiselle Jaja. Oh, I, I remember that, I think. Yes, and I was French and, and counselor to Napoleon Third, and, um, you know, it's, it's Madame Le Normand was my aunt and, you know, just all this wild <laughs> stuff. It was great. Some people would totally love that exercise. You yeah. just really get completely carried away. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And then um, when we did it in London last fall, um, I actually was paired um, with this wonderful woman from Brazil who had this charming accent to start with, so I, seemed to, I thought that was a really unfair advantage. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, but she, she decided to be European for the exercise. Oh. And so we, we just had a great time with that. Uh-huh. And um, and there I, I conjured that um, I was a, a Russian Italian princess. You know, I don't know where this stuff comes oh. from, right? It just, <laughs> it's just something that would be fun that no one's ever done, like a cowboy tarot reader. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something exotic like that. Oh hey, now there's an idea. Yeah, they're really fun to do. What's great about the exercise is that people find themselves, you know, saying things they would never dare to say in their normal mm-hmm. voice and character. Um, and sometimes those things are really, really worthwhile mm-hmm. for the person they're reading for. Yeah, well, this it, happened to me at least a couple times doing that, because I'll often take part in it myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was in Australia, I was doing a tour of different cities. I did this reading for this woman. And she was, you know, one of the situations where, you know, she's had a lot of work to do, and there were people working for her, but she ended up doing everything herself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I remember in the reading that we were doing, the, uh, the don't do was the ten of wands, and that was sort of a rider base. Mm-hmm. And the do was the empress. Oh. As, um, I, think my, I think that time I was Madame Anatoly Zohara. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, or something like that. And I said to her, um, why do you carry sticks? You must not carry sticks. You are not dependent. You are the empress. You are the empress. You are the empress. And she so, felt so liberated by this. <laughs> that someone like really lecture her about it. You know? uh-huh. And not be sort of nice and gentle. And, you know, uh-huh. Lead her at all. Just so outright, you know, stop doing that. You know, get these other people to do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, no, that's that, they're for. That's you know? brilliant. I love that. And you, you, and you can allow yourself to do that kind of thing when you have this other character. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because you're particularly here in San Francisco because we have to work around the stupid fortune-telling laws. Um, so, you know, we have to, like, have all these disclaimers and a written notice and blah, and blah, and just, like, it's like, oh, my God, whatever. So by the time you get done with all that, really all you can do is, like, the psychological approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so being able to just drop all of that and, you know, really get into the, you know, just turn off your brain and let the mouth go <laughs> and see what comes yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and the bonus is you get to do it in a fun accent. There you go. Um, but it's really it's like, ah, oh, I want to be able to do this more. Um, but, <laughs> but we live in California. It doesn't work that way. So. Uh-huh. Anyway. Oh, well. Yeah. But, um, but at least we could read and, 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 you know, at least we're, you know, in a society and culture that is not only tolerant but quite accepting yeah. of what we do. So it's... Yeah. Don't have to constantly explain, you know, we're not fortune tellers, we're not this, we're not that. We don't predict the future. Um, actually, at the party last night when I you know, was explaining to people we're not predicting the future, one was like, but I want to know when I'm going to buy a house. It's, oh, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 no. no. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> You're going to buy a house when the time is ready. If someone calls you for a reading, you know, I'll sometimes say, or Zoe takes the point, but she'll sometimes say that, you know, I don't want to, I'm not a psychic fortune teller. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things will come up, but basically it's interpreting the cards, it's self-knowledge, et cetera, you know. And say, so, okay, yeah, I, I understand, I understand. And then they sit down and say, well, what do you want to look at? They say, well, I wonder what I'm going to buy a house and, you know, and uh, where I should apply for work. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, and oh. what will happen with my son in college? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's will I have a... Not, not fortune-telling thing. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, well, it's, you know, you do the best you can to educate the clients before they come, but yeah. they still come with, you know, their idea and their agenda, so... All right, Rich, well, thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure for us. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, to all of our listeners, thank you. Thank you. Rose Red, Artemis. Thank you. Andrew. Thank you very much. And um, comments, questions, etc., requests for future podcast guests, drop us a note, podcast at tarotpathways.com. You can just go to the website, tarotpathways.com, and there's all kinds of ways to contact us there. Click on a link and send us an email. Um, Special thanks to our engineer, Christoph. Thank you, sir. For making, for sorting out the technology and making this possible. Indeed. So until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.